Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Today, we're talking about a special collaboration episode with Calvin from the First Impression BJJ podcast and head instructor of Cambridge BJJ. Today, we're getting into a bunch of topics in regards to the Andre Galvao apology, some outcomes at UFC 259, and some other topics that are happening in the world. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you like what you're seeing and you want to help support our featured athletes, coaches, and guests, make sure you subscribe and share our content. We are powered by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. Looking for Canada's top cannabis stop? Look no further than Alex and his crew at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. With his knowledgeable staff, you're going to be able to find all your THC and CBD product needs at the highest quality. Online curbs pick side pickup is available, but in-store shopping is available as well. Don't forget to like our Instagram and their Instagram, and you'll be able to save some money. We are also sponsored by Project X Guard. Project X Guard has been an amazing program, helping underprivileged youth get connected with jujitsu throughout the GTA, and they continue to do so. If you know anybody who would benefit from the, the gift of jujitsu in their life, make sure you contact us or Project X Guard, and we'll help them get started with some amazing instructors. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the podcast. It is what it is, you know, like we're trying. We're lucky that we open. So we have like, you know, active members and staff supporting the gym so we can keep it up with this. And yeah, like waiting to be able to get new people and actually do training because, man, the amount of people that ask, that, that send emails like, oh, are you guys open? Are you guys training? What do you like? Are you guys training? You know, like I'm like, guys, listen, <laughs> listen, I'm, <laughs> you think I'm going to answer that something to you? Like if I'm training? I'm gonna, you know, but um, like I just can't. No, you know? no, I'm not training. <laughs> Big no, <laughs> no, I'm not. How did you, yeah. uh, Calvin? How did you end up out in in Cambridge? Because I know you're training at Toronto. You're well, you're, you're still feeling, yeah. with, you know, George and like exactly. Jay and Jitsu for Life team. But how did you get set up out in Cambridge? Man, I. So it's just like a funny story. A friend of mine, Nats, and my partner here you know Nelson Rossi he's like he was a blue belt now he's a purple belt under George you know he'd been training for the last I don't know six eight years or whatever to something like that and out of nowhere I just got a call from him he moved to Cambridge I would say two years before that call you know he was living in Cambridge and he was trying to find a gym to train but he couldn't find something nice that he would you know like enjoy like feel good at the place or whatever, like he, he felt a uh, turn on BJJ. And he called me and said, listen, I got um, an opportunity to teach in, in like this place. Do you want to teach? Man, I was like, yeah, I want it. Then two days later, I was driving, I was like, used, I, was, I was working at Oshawa because I, I, I do like drywall, you know, I hang boards. And then I was going to Oshawa and then I was coming back, getting home, and then going to Cambridge like twice. It started with like twice a week, and then three times. And then things start to get better, you know. I we moved, we got our own place, and then I was like, you know what? I 
I always wanted to do that in any ways, you know, and the opportunities got out, you know, got to my hands and then we started to build up some stuff. I was like, oh, I got to move there. So then I moved here and that was the biggest step, you know, like the biggest one that I did from Toronto to, I'm living in Kitchener. Actually, I'm not, I don't live in Cambridge. So I still commute, but man, it's like 10 minutes from the gym, mm-hmm. you know, coming yeah, from especially- Toronto. Yeah, especially when you're living in that like Waterloo, Kitchener, Cambridge. Exactly. It's, it's quick exactly. around that area. Oh, very quick. Very quick. Like, man, Toronto, anywhere that you want to go, like driving, it's more than 30 minutes, you know, like. Yeah, you, that, that 401, man, as Greg King says, that 401 is the death trap. It's crazy. <laughs> From, I don't know, 1, 8, 1 30 p.m. to 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock is just unbelievable, you know. It's crazy getting getting uh, from Toronto. There was days that I drove like three hours, man. I was leaving Toronto like at one o'clock to get to be there prior to class, and I was driving like three hours. Accidents, this and that, and in the summertime. Not talking about like winter time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's like it's it's, like, it's sunny outside, and all of a sudden people can't drive. Like it's crazy. But yeah, no, like yeah. I, I, 401's a killer, man, because I remember like even when I was like living in Etobicoke, driving to Marcos, which was like Dufferin and like Newcastle, which is like uh-huh. technically is like a 15, 20 minute drive would be 45 minutes. And then when I moved to Mississauga, then it became an hour and yeah. 10 minutes. And it, it just kept getting longer and longer. And it was just like this, this highway is ridiculous. You can't get anywhere. <laughs> it, it, no, you if you want to go anywhere can. in Toronto, it's, a, it's an hour tops. And you, is, were doing, and you were doing drywall in Oshawa. That's like the other, other, other end. Like, All that's the way a, to like, it's another, it's another region. It's like Durham, yeah, it's Durham, Durham, right? Yeah. yeah. That's like the outskirts of Durham too. Like there's like Pickering and then there's like, you keep going Man, that, in. Like there's, once you leave Oshawa, it's like. Yeah. I used to get off of this exit, like white, white roads. I think something like that. And then you used to go north and it was like Oshawa close to Pickering or whatever, something like that. But man, yeah, that was like the hardest one because I was going really far. But then I was, I always worked like everywhere too, you know, sometimes 400, sometimes like Burlington or Oakville. When I used to work there, it was like kind of easy because it was like maybe 30 minutes from there to Cambridge, you know? So I was like, you know what? I'm not coming back home. I'm just going to go straight, take a shower at some, like my friend's place and then go teaching. But yeah, driving on the full one, you know, at, even man, even QEW, like even down there, you know, four with three QEW is like crazy. It's crazy. How does, how does Canadian traffic compare to Brazilian? <laughs> man, it's like <laughs> in Brazil, I'm sure you guys would be like, I'm not driving. <laughs> I'm not driving. Yeah, because it's like motor, it's like bike motorcycles everywhere. It like the, the traffic is like stuck for kilometers, like Sao Paulo. Man, if you if you search about it, like traffic in Sao Paulo, you're gonna look like what the you know, like it's crazy, it's crazy. A lot of people between the cars they call that the hallway, so you better not close to any motorcycle because they want to pass there, they're free there, you know. And it's one <laughs> after the other, you're just like, what is going on? It's 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 tough, but. You gotta take at least. I would say, if you go there one day, you gotta take at least one week to maybe. I'll try driving here, because it's hard, man. It's crazy. Toronto, <laughs> even though four one gets stuck all the time, but 
compared to Brazil, it's a lot different for real. Yeah, I, I'm just pulling up like random images. It's like traffic jams in Sao Paulo. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just, Look grid, at it, yeah. it's just gridlock for like all hours of the day. Hours and hours of the day. Sometimes they had like a hundred kilometers of traffic. Like it's crazy. Yeah, no, I have no desire to drive in Brazil at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go go I'm to good. Brazil. Just get just get a, a nice a nice hotel like in front of the beach, so you don't need to to drive anywhere, man. Yeah, like one one of the like worst places I've ever driven was New York. New York was crazy because like you have to be so aggressive while you're driving and be careful you don't hit anybody because like the cabs try to kill you. Like they try to just take up every <laughs> inch of base all over the place and so like they have I, I don't remember what the highway is called but it's like on the outskirts of like the city right so kind of like that's where the highway is and they don't have like a merge it's a fucking stop sign and you basically <laughs> have to go you make a right hand turn and you just you floor it and you either I was like it was like the one time like, you, you had to do a die <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy so like that's a, like I figured it out like about a week in when I was there the one time, but I was like, I don't like driving there at all. Like I'll fly oh, from now on. I will not drive. <laughs> <laughs> I drove actually in New York, like last, uh, like in 2019 before all this. And like, I don't know. It's, you gotta be basically what Aaron said. You gotta be pretty aggressive, like with driving and cutting in and out of things. Cause like, it's just, there's so many people in such a small area. Like New York City, Sao Paulo, it's just, it's so many people in like one area that it's, it's hard to get around. I'm sure, I'm sure, man, especially in, in New York, I don't know how is it, but in, in like Sao Paulo, Brazil, like many, the, the big cities in Brazil, people don't really, like the pedestrian really does, doesn't obey the signs, you know, like for pedestrians. So they cross anywhere. You got to be ready for all of this too, you know, like crossing <laughs> motorcycle, <laughs> People, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So, especially like during this whole kind of like COVID situation, you went and you started your own podcast as well. Like, do you want to tell us kind of like what it was, what kind of inspired you to do that, and then how, how's it going so far with that? Especially kind of like I like what your theme is, but I want you to kind of tell our listeners. No, yeah, what sure. That is. So, man, I I had this idea before the pandemic. Actually, you know, I I really want to try to to go online and, and start to make the podcast happen. And for some reason, I think this really had to do with a lot of like different experience that I people used to tell me, especially after uh, starting the gym, when I, I do like um, intro classes, you know, I have these people they go online, they schedule the class and they come. It's like one-on-one. Sometimes if you're two friends, you come like, you know, two persons, I like, teach the class, like very basics. And people start talking to you, you know, like it's pretty much one-on-one. So then they start tell a little bit of your, like their life. They Sometimes they cannot do a position or some stuff. And a lot of people, some people, they are really looking to train and some people, they're just looking to have a different conversation on the day. And I realized that it's actually, it is a thing, you know, some people, they go there just to do something different in that day, or they want to do something different that month. They don't actually are interested on signing up or whatever, you know? So I was like, okay, so I can teach the class. 
I might not be able to convince this, that this person to train jujitsu by only teaching like them like one class. And I was like, I see people has different like type of, uh, of how can I say that? Like uh, they, they have limitations, okay? They have limitations, uh, either being physical or mental or being scary or to do something. And I was like, okay, so how can I maybe try to convince people, like convince people to do, even though they have like some limitation? Because I have my limitation too, you know, like when I like, I don't want to get into this because it's going to be like too much. When I was younger, I just had surgery. As 12 years old, I had arthritis. And since then, I have this limitation, you know, until now. And I have pains and stuff, but I keep training and there were, I was motivated to, to keep going. And I wanted it. This is only one of a thousand different experience, you know, like other people, they might not have one arm, one leg. They cannot jump. They are scary off. They, they can be in small places, you know, and somehow you will see like one or two persons that has this trying jujitsu and they achieve, they achieve better uh, uh, um, lifestyle and thing because jujitsu help them go through that you know some people they can't roll because they feel like so tight there they're gonna tap for nothing and then I saw people coming to the gym some people stayed some people left and then I was like okay so if I show if I try to um, show others people's experiences to a certain amount of people or to to the students prior they do the class or you know during the times of doing the class they might have the same type of limitation and get inspired by that person because the other person might be doing jiu-jitsu for a long time or jiu-jitsu help that person overcome something you know like of the limitation because they start training and then the idea was like okay maybe i can show put this on the internet and people will start to listen to it you know maybe get motivated and at least try a class it's not only about like around me but everywhere you know because on the internet you can you can listen to it like anywhere in brazil here u.s mm. like the other day i just talked to a guy in from san diego that saw the podcast and he sent me a message oh, i want to share my i want to share my story i was like well, let's go man let's do it you know and like I said, somehow I'm sure people will have the same type of limitation and they'll get inspired by that. And that's the idea, you know, provide more, uh, um, ex like provide more things for the community, get more people in, you know, that's the whole idea. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Like that's, that's ultimately what you want. The more people do jujitsu, like the better, right? Yeah. So then with, with that said, like, like what are kind of like some of your training principles, especially for people that are like, they're brand new to jujitsu. They've never trained a martial art before, never even done anything athletic before. Like, so they walk into like a class for the first time. So like, what do you, what do you do with them? Exactly. I've been doing this since I was like a blue belt, you know, like first class with like no experienced people at Toronto BJJ. That was like when I really... I, I teach before at Brazil 021. So I, I, I think you know, right, Michael? Like yeah, I used to be yeah. Brazil 021. You know, I had my, my coach, Professor Tiago. So he's, he went back home. So then they talked in Brazil. And then I ended up being going to Toronto BJJ. You know, so that's how I ended up at Toronto BJJ. And then I was there. I was like to the idea of teaching and, and 
be involved with the community. I was, I was in tournaments, you know, doing the tournaments, organizing the tournament at next gen, next gen like IBJJF, uh, Abu Dhabi. I, I, I like to be in the community. I like to be with Jiu-Jitsu, you know. And when people come to the first class at Toronto BJJ, I got like many ideas from what to do, what not do, you know. And somehow you start to develop like your own thing soon in your head. Okay, I will, I'll do this, but I'll try different. Like everybody has different limitations and i start to, to learn that by that time you know like okay have you seen like sometimes you want to explain how to do a front row to a person and they cannot do it they cannot do it at all you show a back row they cannot do it something that's like so easy for us that been doing that for so long time this person just look they see that okay just do, do a step forward put your hand on the ground and roll forward over your shoulder they go and stop and come back they start to sweat. You see people sweating and nothing's going on. It's just one-on-one class, you know? So anyways, coming to the, like to the days now, what, what do I do? You know, throughout this whole time, I was like, okay, I gotta make people feel better, feel good. Because that's the first thing I think you should do. It's like to let the person feel that you're in a good place, you know, with some knowledgeable instructor because you are you gotta be knowledgeable to teach people you gotta know like their limitation you gotta know what they can do what they cannot do to see whatever they come with mind because some people they think like oh, i'm gonna come to a brazilian jiu-jitsu gym nowadays they think like oh brazilian jiu-jitsu is like for some reason they think with mma i don't know why you know they related that a lot they see oh some i believe because of the groundwork they oh that's jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu so then they always think oh it's gonna be something related to that but it's like very different when people realize that they put in the gi, they go in the mat, it's like they start to sweat. They they get anxious, you know, and then you start to treat them like, okay, so I go through all the class first. We're going to do this, you know, like five steps. We're going to, I'm going to teach you some warm up positions that you're going to do that every day. So you don't need to worry to learn it right now because they're going to do the warm up every single day. It's pretty much the same thing. You know, we try different instructors. We'll teach you a different type of warm up. You know, but with me, it's always gonna be pretty much the same thing. And then we go like to a self defense part. I teach them like two or three moves in self defense, and two so in two uh, submissions. But throughout this whole thing, it's like an hour class. I'm always trying to keep this person like to feel relaxed. You know, to feel so they can, so the brain can make things easier you know, so you can actually move better, you know, do the movement. So you don't feel like a lot of people, when they don't do things, they feel so like uncomfortable. They start to, you know, to get nervous. And sometimes they don't want to do the class because it happens. Sometimes people are like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it. So I try to make them feel better so they can move and maybe learn something and actually feel good to say, oh, maybe I'll come back another time, you know? So that's what I believe now you actually should be doing to get more people in the like in, into jujitsu. I gotcha. So like let me ask you this, because obviously when we look at like things are so much more accessible now, especially with the internet. And then obviously like with uh, pro shows happening and you're seeing these athletes go. And then we have the situation kind of that with the under and Gordon Ryan and that big feud that blew up. And then obviously we, we all know what transpired. And I, obviously as athletes and teachers as ourselves, like we've been around this stuff for a while, we 
we find it entertaining or we understand what's going on. But when you see kind of like newer students that are either seeing it for the first time or people who are kind of like hesitant to just kind of get involved in jiu-jitsu, how do you feel that's kind of like, you think it's good for the sport to add more eyes and ears to it? Or you think it's negative concept? What's your kind Man, of thought on it? I It was like very weird right when it happened i was watching the the whole event you know because it was like a very exciting like matches to watch and then i couldn't watch the last fight of um what's his name after gordon uh craig, our, craig jones, R- Ronaldo, craig jones. Craig jones. <laughs> exactly i end up like sleeping i didn't watch and then i woke up next day like so early at five o'clock in the morning but everything was about this lap, you know? And I was like, man, I, I was like so sleepy. When I saw that thing, right away, I was like... You, you missed the main event. That's what happened. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was the main okay. event. Craig Jones is like, you can't even let me have a main, a, a main event. A main event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what's going on? And then I saw the video through Flow Grappling because they had it. They deleted after, right? At some point, they deleted. And I start to go through in my mind, you know, like a lot of stuff. Like, for real, I was like, what's going on? How, how can Andre let that happen? You know, like at the beginning, like how can Andre let like this happen? Just get like two slaps in the face. We just, we only see one, but he says he's slapped twice. You know, I don't know what's, I don't know. if yeah, it's kind of like, dark. People. You can't see it. You just hear yeah, it. Yeah, you can really see it, but just hear it. <laughs> oh, like, you can hear it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But at, all the time, I don't know what, what Andre was like actually thinking, you know, and then my mind was just like, why that guy didn't do anything against him, you know? And that was the whole week, the whole week, everybody, what was going on, you know, what was going on. Gordon just went off all the time, went like, you know, going at him, at all these students at Atos. I'm like, man, Gordon, he's an amazing grappler. Like, no gi, nobody beat, nobody's beating the guy, you know, nobody's beating him. Like, he calls Andre all the time, even before that fight, when Andre like retired, I was like, okay, this is good. You know, he's going to do different of many other Brazilians that they're winning, winning, and then they start losing, then they retire. So he's actually, you know, retiring after a big match, after big winning, and then comes Gordon harassing him for the last, I don't know how many years, trying to get this fight. Gordon's a pretty good trash talker, man. A lot of Brazilians don't like, not a lot of, many, I would say 99% of the Brazilians don't like the trash <laughs> talk, you know. So, I'm, I can say that I'm not the biggest fan, but I have some respect for that guy. I see him winning, man. The guy is like a, a machine, you know. He's just taking everyone. Andre is one of the least. He was trying his best to take Andre, and then that happened, you know. So, like Andres said, on, like on the thing he was trying to maybe promote, you know, I didn't watch everything too. I just watched the Brazilian, the Portuguese part. I was teaching at the time. I couldn't stop to watch. And then I just lost my interest of it because he, man, he kind of said sorry, you know, like for everybody it was kind of, like, really. It was kind of weird because like after all, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, this and that. Oh, but I'm gonna offer fifty percent off Atos of online. Everything went down. <laughs> okay, guys, I got fifty percent off. Fifty percent off. Like, makes you turn into like a, a pitch for like. For everything his... went down. Everything went down. 
everything went down after that because it was just like, I don't know what's going on. You say sorry and then somehow you just make some marketing. You want to sell your stuff and you, you got slapped twice in the face, you know? And now you don't even want to do the fight. What's going to happen? What's going to happen now? Are they going to fight or not? You know? I, I have no idea. Honestly, like, I view it kind of two ways. Like, if you're looking at it from, like, an old school Gracie mentality standpoint, stuff like this happened all the time in, like, Rio and all the time, like, in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Like Every challenge, all day. People go there to challenge. Don't things happen. Yeah, it's like you go, like, there's footage of, like, Hickson on a beach slapping somebody and fighting him <laughs> on the spot. He's like, oh, you're talking shit? And he smacked him, and he's they like, let's used, go. Because, because for some reason, they drop in the same wave. They used to do that. If you drop the same wave, like surfing, they're always yeah. like, okay, let's go. Why you did that? Boom, fight right away. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, like, I find it interesting because it's like he's saying he said sorry to like his students you know the jiu-jitsu community and everything he didn't say sorry to gordon he said no. i forgive gordon for everything right so all the trash talk or whatever but he didn't say sorry right so like and in that standpoint i'm like okay fine you're just like not acknowledging it and kind of moving on from it but then it's like you're dropping the discount on my students uh, like i'm like okay cool i like i get it what's the hustle like, there's nothing wrong with that yeah. i mean it may, it may not be the best time to do that i well <laughs> maybe he look maybe he look at the numbers and saw maybe i don't know how many people was live and say there you go that's a good opportunity to make some sales you know at least you had, like a bunch of people online so he's like hey exactly. my out here <laughs> like i i get it where he's like hey i'm just gonna i'm gonna showcase my jiu-jitsu i'm gonna show you why my jiu-jitsu is better like maybe that's the whole premise around the whole thing of what his, what he believes his purpose is to some extent, I guess, but it, it still doesn't answer the question. I think that a lot of people, I mean, and Gordon's been radio silent too. He hasn't really addressed yes. anything. He hasn't said anything recently. So I'm curious to see what happens, but I, I just don't know if it's anything going to happen. I'll be honest with you. I think it's just still going to be this autos versus DDS squad, but I just think Andre is either going to not, be too engaged with it i don't, I don't know <clears throat> well but maybe they're just maybe it's the silent treatment that'll give all the hype that we need right so no, you never exactly. know maybe maybe that's the whole thing that like flows like hey guys we're gonna we're gonna get this done but neither one of you can talk about it so that's always a possibility that's true that's true and i think man i think that andre right now he's he went to a place that he didn't want, you know, he went to a place that he didn't want in purpose. It maybe like he said, I was trying to promote or whatever, and then escalate too much until it got slapped. But I wish, like I said, I wish he could just finish his career on the top, you know, and if he's going to fight now, he better, he fight his ass off to win the match because it's, if he loses, man, it's just going to be, <laughs> Even worse, you know, because you're going to get slapped I twice. Think, 
I think even worse at this point, like if you're not gonna, if basically acting like, Hey, I'm going to fight. And then like going, ah, you know what? Maybe I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) that might, that might be even worse right now. Like you can fight, you can fight and lose. Like you step up. Everybody's lost matches here. Like everybody loses in, in Mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu. Like nobody's, nobody's undefeated. So it's not like MMA where like you can, you know, you, you fight your entire undefeated. too much, you know? Yeah. There's everybody loses in jujitsu. Everybody has a bad day. You look at it, even at the all, all the all time greats in jujitsu. They all, they all have losses. Galvao has losses. Everyone, <laughs> everyone. everybody has losses except for Aaron. He's except for Aaron. He's undefeated. 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 Undisputed. Kind of bringing it back to like, what we're talking about like your students in the first day, the other side of it made, made me really think about it. Like, so it's like, okay, so it's promoting like an MMA, like, you know, people talk tons of shit in MMA to like hype up a fight to get people to watch it. So, you know, they, at the end of the day, if there's more eyeballs watching your fight, you're going to make more money. So like, there's, you got people like Colby Covington, for example, who talks <laughs> yes. insane amounts of shit about Brazil, for example, but, then he, but, but now he has a Brazilian girlfriend, just saying. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, you know, oh. there's a certain act like going oh, on, I'm sure. but I'm like, sure. with, but with jujitsu, then like, there's kind of two things. Like, do you, your students, like, especially like your new students or white belt students, like, is this something that you want to show them? Be like, hey, man, this is jujitsu. There you go. <laughs> that's one, that's one thing. It's like, do you want, do you want jujitsu to go in that direction or no? do you want it to go like, okay, is this is a martial art. Yeah. Like there could be a little bit of like back and forth, like, hey, man, I can beat you. No, you can't beat me. Little, like people are competitive. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, do you want it to go down like the MMA route, which... I yeah, mean, I get could, it. I get it. Like, get, it could get more eyeballs on and more people into jiu-jitsu, but maybe for the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. I think I think um I think it it won't work in jiu-jitsu. I don't think it won't work in jiu-jitsu. Like you can do the trash talk or whatever, but I don't think it promote it don't it won't promote like MMA, you know. Like man, on MMA, you they go there, they're gonna talk like they're the best, they're going to beat your ass, and then when they go to the fight, they actually, some guys will go to beat you, right, to really beat you on jiu-jitsu, that doesn't really happen, you know, like, the guys go there to at least choke you, I haven't ever seen somebody go to a match and really mean they're going to break somebody's arm, like, you know, go escalate the trash talking to, man, I'm going to beat you in this match, and I'm, I'm going to need by you that you, I'm going to blow up your knee, Never, no, I haven't seen nobody and after that, they actually shake hands. Like Leandro Lowe and Eberth. They had yeah. a lot of... A they lot had a of, lot of tension back and forth. Back and forth, exactly. Yeah. After the matches, shake hands, even a little hug, you know, yeah. and yeah. okay, you're there. And that's it. And it happens on MMA too. MMA, there's a lot more money. But with people that comes in like to jiu-jitsu and they, meet, they see this right away, they're going to like it because it's just like a, t- a type of entertainment, you know, like uh, Mike, Michael Sheehan, he got some students and he posts and stuff. And lately he posts something about one of his new students, like a white belt. Okay. Uh, I forgot his name. Let's try. Let's drill the new oh, yeah. move. <laughs> ah! <laughs> you know, so you think that you think that 
that guy will really, really like, like, like the martial art part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he gets in a place where people start to make fun of that. And he, he goes right away, follow Gordon. And he just going to like that type of things. You know, I'm not on that side. I like it too. I like to see, I like to laugh, you know, I like to, to be part of it and, and, and see stuff, but I don't try to keep like, talking about like the trash talk and stuff. I see people doing that, even at the gym, you know, with some students and stuff that they start talking a lot and stuff I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No problem. You, you like him. Okay. It sounds good. <laughs> you know, I don't get into too much because yeah, I like, like I said, I like to laugh. I like the situation. I see the situation. It's nice. We can talk, you know, we're going to talk a lot about it, but I just don't like the idea of putting the image of jujitsu on that. You know, they can create the events, make the events happen, make good athletes fight good athletes, you know, put them out there, pay them, you know, try to pay them, make something really nice because jiu-jitsu needs that around the world, not only in the U.S., around the world. Here, we need it. Brazil needs it, you know, everywhere. Brazil only have right now BJJ stars, Copa Podio, but it's not more than... I'd, I would say 10 years from now, you know, like we need more, a lot, we need more people trying to invest and make something happen. If they try to go that way, I don't know if it, it's like really going to work, you know? Yeah. More I like the MMA they, route, but more like the martial arts route, but like treating it like a professional sport, like ultimately like at the end of the day. Exactly. That's exactly. That's, I think it's what everybody wants. It's what's going to grow the sport more. It's going to get more people interested get, in, uh, but uh, what, one more thing, just touching on the Andre. Um, so Gordon has a new DVD out. It's um, systematically slapping from every position, <laughs> <laughs> which would be I'm available sure on gonna... which would be available on BJJ Fanatics. I can't wait for Bernardo Faria to do the intro to that. He's like, okay, hey guys, guys. So to have... <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge honor for me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Okay, okay, Bernardo. So stay in front of me, and now you're gonna be my dummy. Bah! So that's how he's gonna be showing. It's gonna sell a lot. It's gonna, it's already selling, man. It's already selling. You know, see, it, it's fun, man. It's fun to talk about it, you know. But I just don't see it going this way. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, th I think they. You want to try and keep like the purity of like the sport obviously and the art but you also need to hype it up to some extent flow grappling is like again they're they're a media company right they're very good exactly. at making media to make things work so i i think they just have to find that fine line like anything on like how to make it so it kind of keeps it its integrity as we said right but it'll yeah. be interesting how they do it I think there's a difference between like media, like, you know, the news, like CNN, NBC, whatever, and like TMZ. So does <laughs> Flow Grappling want to be CNBC, NBC, CNN when it comes to like news and coverage? That was all like, fake news. Grappling? That's all fake news. That's all fake news. <laughs> That's all fake news. Do they want to be that really, or do they want right? to be TMZ? Because like going that route, it's like, okay, well, you know, we're just trying to. You know, yeah. shock value make money <laughs> create create some value on things that happen out of nowhere they make that big thing you know and then let's go create some value some feels try to make some money and then things go slow down again we need to we need to have somebody slapping on somebody else you know <laughs> so they they have something to talk no but actually be, even before that i've seen like flow grappling they 
but like we just seen this, they are media, you know, they want to put out there anything that will make them go up, you know, have views, have sales, uh, streams or whatever, they will do it. And Gordon really brings that to them, right? Like a lot, a lot. Gordon's really bring a lot of attention on flow grappling, like from for himself, of course, to sell, to make these millions that he brags a lot about it, you know, oh my God a million in DVDs, blah, blah, blah. But Flow Grappling, it's just like, man, really focus on Gordon, 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 and everything. That's, I think what, they, that's, that's unfortunately, that's what's fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, that's what's selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but they could, they could help. Man, here in Canada, there's a lot to grow, a lot to grow. I agree. You know, mm-hmm. a lot to grow. And they could help. They, we have a huge tournament, like, uh, Ontario Open happens here and it's like a huge tournament you know people from US comes to, to, to do the tournaments you know we have all the leagues all the tournaments that's like b- being successful they could be around you know trying to help I know it's hard maybe money wise or whatever but man I'm sure they could get some reps here and make it happen you know? I'm sure they can get one or two people here hopefully the next time the Ontario Open rolls around and I think there's a lot of talent here that is at that level that they're just like maybe a half a step or a step away exactly. from like these top, top guys that are about to get to that level. And they just need like, maybe they just need a little bit of exposure. I think exactly that's one thing that just might be missing. I, I, I totally agree with that. Any of you boys watched fights yesterday? What? I didn't. Did you did you watch the fights yesterday? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fight was pretty good. The fight yeah, was... so I, I wanted to touch up on um, Amanda Nunes, the fight. So basically, like, just finish it off. Man, tri- triangle <laughs> from the back through the armbar was pretty slick. Like she hits hard. Like I would, right I would hand. not want to get slapped by her. Let's just, I'm going to oh. go on record and say that because like, she would probably knock my knock face out. off. <laughs> yeah, knockout. Yeah. She is a monster. Like, and I mean, this in the, the, the greatest way possible. Like, she's the goat for sure in the women's division, and she is a monster. It was she's crazy. Incredible. She's incredible. Here, here, Joni, all the way to double champ. You know, she just. She just demolished all the girls one by one, you know, big names, all the big names, pretty much. Not pretty much everybody. There is no other girl that yeah. beat her, you know. She, and, she's fin- and she's finishing them all as well. Finishing them all. Exactly. I think she's only just, I think she's only been to the distance like recently, like once. Only got, I think there's like not in its last fight, but obviously I think one before. Holmes? She had, uh, was it Holmes? Maybe. Holmes, I think it was a kick, right? No, she kicked her. Yeah, no, she beat her. Never mind. No, she beat her. It was. Um, I'll Google it. I think it was. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. You're Googling it right now. But yeah, I think yeah. she's virtually finished everybody that she's competed against. And I don't know. I want to get your opinion. Like, what do you think of her jujitsu? Like, that was a very impressive finish Man. from the back. Um, something maybe you don't see in MMA all the time, but maybe sometimes you see in like jujitsu. Like yeah. Reverse triangle, trying to get in the arm over there. It was like a very slick when she controlled the back and she had both hooks there. Like her left, like start to whenever they start to fall to the side, you just see her leg like bending around and locking the triangle over there. You know, that's 
pretty good movement whenever she's I, I felt like whenever she was starting to to fall to the side, she just kind of scoop a little bit up and got the triangle like very easy there. Of course, that Amanda is like huge too. Her arms mm -hmm. like it's not something so hard to not saying that it was easy for sure. That wasn't easy. Amazing professionals, fighters doing you know whatever they do for years, but Amanda was pretty good there. You know, man, her over hitting overhook is just like a a. A rock. She's throwing a, a five rock. kilos rock. Boom! Boom! You know yeah. she hits. No, she, and she. I don't know. Testosterone. She's strong, bro. She. <laughs> it's like it's like she produces it. You know, it's like she has it, and she hits like a a, a heavyweight man. She's. Listen, I come. I was born in this place called Recife, uh, Pernambuco north of brazil and with 15 years old i moved to salvador bahia that's where she used to train i used i used to live oh. in the same neighbor the same oh, neighbor i didn't even that know she, that okay yeah so it's called baja and in it's like there's ocean around I, we used to surf i used to be on the beach all the time and man she used to train all the time she used to train at this place called edson carvalho it's like uh i don't know if you guys ever heard but they have in new york it's like two brothers the Cavalho brothers, you know, they're very famous, like pioneers on Vale Tudo MMA in Brazil. And Amanda, like very young, I was 15, I was like 16. I used to see Amanda shadow boxing on the beach, running, like, you know, doing jiu-jitsu, doing judo, like with Edson Cavalho. My brother trains at Edson Cavalho. That's why I started jiu-jitsu here, because my brothers are training there. And I want to motivate him to keep at jiu-jitsu. I started six months later. He stopped it. I, I went all the way to black belt. He just completely, you know. And Amanda was like some somebody that I used to see, man, all the time. Like, not once in a month. or all, all the time. And we used to surf. After surf, we were hanging out on the beach. She was training. She was running, shadow boxing. Every time hanging out with the, with the jiu-jitsu guys, you know, and man, she was scary. Like from my early age was already, you could be scared to be like beside her, you know, like she was jogging. I was focused. I, I believe that now things make sense because I used to look at her and see the way that she was training every day, you know, like every day, like for real, every day running on the beach. Like this is not, it's not only about the Brazilian body, you know, <laughs> that people actually, oh, Brazilians really like the Brazilian body, you know, on the beach trying to, no, no, no. It's just like real training. With the Edson Cavalho, I was there. I believe you guys can see on her Instagram stuff. Every time she goes to Brazil, she goes there to Edson to, you know, talk to this sensei and be grateful, whatever, because I believe they have like a really good relationship there. And man, till now, see somebody that, man, I used to. I used to see her, and then when I see, I saw her the first time on the TV, like, oh, Amanda Leo is going to fight the UFC. I was like, what? You know, like, couldn't even believe. And now she's, like, double champ. I'm sure all the, like, I have a lot of friends in Como that everybody's just, like, you know, posting, like, about it, pictures, you know, because she's just, like, doing well. I I don't know if you guys saw the, the how to say, the, the interview, you know, when she said, like, when a when a female lion has a child, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. you don't want to get closer. So now it's just like who 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 she's gonna fight, you know? Because she already beat everyone, everyone. Yeah. 
So I'm just looking at the stats right now. So like I, I remember the one fight they were talking about was uh, Valentina Shevchenko. They're talking oh, about her okay. again. So the That's the Russian bullet again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she was a split decision back in 2017. So she hasn't lost since 2014. So <laughs> and that was against Kat Zigamano. And then her, so she, Megan Anderson was the last fight. So she had a decision win with Felicia Spencer, and that was in June 2020. And then Jermaine uh, Randomy, uh, that was 2019. So those are her two. That was the one I was thinking of, Jermaine Randomy. That was the one. Yeah. So that, those were her two um, decisions. But basically, every other fight other than the Valentina has been a finish, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of work, a lot of training, and like I said, I think her power is just it's a, it's a main power, you know. It's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's cra- no, it's I, crazy how like she came from the beach, where from your area, where she's like it's just like, you know, some girl training shadow boxing, and now she's like double champ, no, yeah, UFC, like, all time great. She she came from actually not not from she moved from somewhere like how i don't know how to say that like a country um, from the from the from uh from the inside of the country like not the city because she moved to the city after she i think she used to live at man i i heard the other day on um it's called pojuca i think it's like a city it's okay. Like, okay toronto is the big city like i'm here in Waterloo okay. region somewhere farther you know where it's, people it's, farms okay. like very you know Oh, so it's like a rural area, kind of rural, like exactly. rural. Yeah, yeah, there okay. you go. I got yeah. it. Sorry, like countryside. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's okay. Rural countryside. There you go. So yeah, so she moved to Salvador, and then that's where, like, when I moved there, I got to you know to see her and, and stuff. But yeah, like, I, she, man, I'm sure she fought a lot in her life, you know, because she comes from you know this anywhere around Brazil that's not in a big city. For sure, it's gonna be like a small place, poor farms, you know and they fight somehow to get in the big cities to make it up and i believe that's that, that's her story for sure you know all the way to double champion ufc now live in us the us dream you know the american dream for the brazilians <laughs> yeah but you know what i think you mentioned it though because like you look at the type of work that work ethic she had back then you know on the beach sparring every day like doing those things that she was doing every single day and training 7 days a week and you're just seeing the fruitation of all this different time spent on her craft, right? And again, wow. now you see her in her, again, she's just out, outworked the competition so many years before. So and many now years. It's everybody, and now everybody's playing catch up. And it, it's very hard. Like, remember when Anderson Silva first came on the scene, right? His striking yeah. was just on a different playing level, level oh, yeah. than everybody yeah. else. And everybody else was just playing catch up at this time. So, and that's kind of like what the whole thing is now, where you have this generation of individuals that are not caught up yet. And again, it probably won't happen. I don't know. Like, unless you see somebody who's a legitimate threat at that weight class and those two weight classes that she's at. I mean, like, exactly. And that's the thing. I just don't think anybody in those weight classes right now are anywhere near the level where she's at, where, and maybe in the lighter division, but you're not going to get those fights at all. I don't think we want to see those fights anyway. And right? she's and, and also she's still young. You know what I mean? She's no, not. Yeah. She she's gonna be there for a while because 
I, from what she said, I don't think she plans to retire, even though she's like double champ. She said, oh, I'm planning to retire double champ. Okay. But when, you know, because you already beat everyone who is coming up, like, I'm sure there's possibilities of a matches, but we always expect somebody younger coming, beating everybody, you know, 9, yeah. 9-0, 10-0, 11-0, beating all the girls until say, okay, now it's your chance to fight yeah, for the title, but... She's only 32 years old. She still has, like, she's still in her prime. Yeah, she still has years in front of her. Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. Exactly. She could retire if she wanted to, and then I don't think anybody would say a thing, right? Like, she could retire, be happy with it. Exactly. So, but again, it all depends on how she feels and where she wants to go from now, right? I think that that should be the idea for all of us, you know, like, in the prime of our life or of whatever you're doing at work or at sports, you wanted to at least do the best and maybe finish with the best uh, ending, you know, the career. Like you want to finish your career, man, I really want to, I retired, but I already did this, did that, you know, I never, nothing that never lose, but you're always progressing. You don't want to lose to say, man, I think this is the time. Mm-hmm. And this happens a lot, right? This happens oh. a lot. I think uh, I happen. You hear those stories every day where people exactly. they gave up again. Again, people have stopped training jujitsu for a while, and then they come back to it, and they're like, "Oh, I never should have stopped," or or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that that to just to mention one thing, I think this happens a lot with Brazilians because you see, like Anderson uh shogun like a lot of guys that was pretty good you know like uh um junior dos santos man the guy was a champion and just came out of seven losses i think mm. you know and now he uh they put him out of ufc like they yeah him. they cut him they oh, just cut him yeah they just did i don't i don't know if it's like i don't think it's a brazilian thing per se i think it's just a <laughs> lot of fighters unfortunately from all like nationalities i think they just some of them just don't know when like to to, to stop. stop or to like maybe like okay like i need to change camps there's a there's a whole bunch of things that i go into that because i think alistair overeem was another one as well i think he got not, yeah released recently one, and like he's yeah. he, i think it's just like it, it there's so much wear and tear when it comes to fighting and getting there's only yeah. so many punches in the head that you can take as well there's so much wear oh, and yeah. tear on your body where like there's only so much you can take where your body starts to deteriorate and it does like you may still know how to fight you still have all those skills but your your body is not reacting in the way that you want it to you think you're faster but you're actually not i get it <laughs> yeah that that's the truth right because i mean like and you look at the old teams like shoot box or like even alistair over oh my god those guys fight. killed each like, other like and that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah right? like they were they were gym wars right so like when you see guys like again shogun anderson like all these old guys, older gentlemen right they went through wars years before they came to the ufc right and and that those those rounds are taxing on the body they they might not show dividends then no, but they're still sure, taxing sure. no matter what for right sure. it's all these for old sure. things and it's like you're like mike's saying you you only you only have I think Brandon Schaub said it once where he's like, once you, once you get knocked out, your, your tickets are getting punched. Every, every time you go in that octagon, every time you go in the match, there's a punch ticket and you're always getting punch tickets more and more and more and more. And that's and the sooner or later, those punch tickets are going to run out. It's just taking 
minutes from your life later. You know what I yeah. mean? It's from your life and from, from your abilities too, because of hitting on the head, you start to just many, many athletes. We know that, right? Many athletes that got punched in the head and just end up with brain damage or whatever after a long career. And I believe the old generation will realize, no, not the older generation will realize. I believe the newer generation will realize that and be smarter on retiring. I hope you know, I, I, because everything evolves, right? Everything evolves. Every, the mind, it's like always working for the best and trying to figure out how to live more, I believe. That's, I, I think that's the idea of humanity. Whenever they, we find out how we can live more, you know, like more than a hundred years and be healthy for a certain point until like, man, you see now these people with maybe 60 or 70 years old doing a lot more stuff than 30 years ago, you know, my, my grandmother died with 60, 62, I think, man, and 62, I see older person, ladies in Canada, like 62, they're totally, completely different, you know, mm -hmm. and I hope the generation can just like the newer guys can come and see like, okay, we're going to promote, we're going to make some money, we're going to fight, but then I got to get out this because I actually have to look up for my life and maybe promote younger people, you know, your older people to give more opportunity. Yeah. Like I know it's a different sport, but one guy that did it really good was Andre Ward in boxing. So he retired 32 and 0 turned 32 years old, returned like hit 32 and 0 world champ whole deal. Like made my money. I'm done. I'm That's done fighting. Good. And then he's, he's out of the sport and he has no intention of coming back. At mm -hmm. all, and people have always asked him, like, "Hey, are you coming back? Are you coming back?" He's like, "No, I'm completely nope. done. I'm 37 years old now. I'm focusing on my career, my business. I've made my money. I've done my fighting. I have my wits about me. I'm good. Amazing, right? And so, Amazing. like, and this is a this is a gentleman that's obviously realized that, hey, I only have so many punch tickets I, I have. I don't want to be suffering when I'm older down the road because I've taken one too many headshots." And yeah. I'm not going to have those problems. So he's yeah. getting out now. I think, I think it's smart. It's I think it's smart. Honestly, another example, even through another sport, like the NFL, Barry Sanders, who's a running back like years ago, he retired when he turned 30. So like, yeah. and that's super young for like NFL standards, but like running oh, yeah. backs get the shit beat out of them. So like, yeah. I think the average career of like a running back in the NFL, I think is five seasons or less because they, they get so beat five up from getting, seasons only five oh, seasons five good it, seasons five good constantly seasons. just getting beat on that like you, you they, get a they ball get, and they get and pretty good money too they get pretty good money they too, do right? they do they so like good. so he had he had a good run when he was 30 he's like he retired at the top of the game he's like i'm done that's it <laughs> same thing like he, so i think most he's right yeah he's, he's right. right like He's right. Like most people, they have to know, like basically like punch ticket. I think Aaron, Aaron nailed it. Like he's only so many, you're only, you, you can only get on the ride so many times. Before. There is, there is like these guys, especially a lot of athletes that come from the bottom with nothing. I believe those, a lot of those that don't really think on being a little bit smart with the money, they keep doing this stuff because they got to make more money. I believe, you know, other guys that are like a lot smarter, they get the money, they invest, they're going to create their own company. They're going to do something. And then when they hit that point, man, why not say, listen, I have 
built this. I can live my life from this now. I just don't want to keep doing this. And I believe there'll be no money that will try to bring them because they already invested. They already made so much money, like boxing. Come on, man. A lot of money. And you're just going to make profits from it. After that, you got, I believe you're just going to be a little bit smart to make that happen, you know? Yeah. Or the people don't think like that. So. On another topic, did you see uh, the Peter Yon knee to a town opponent? And then uh, the, his, him losing the bantamweight title and then the other guy like throwing an after party. What was it? Yeah. Was it was the He's throwing it. There's pictures of him on these. Like, I'm yeah. not going to celebrate. I'm not going to celebrate this win. And then like, there's a picture of him like on Instagram with the belt. Like, <laughs> <having a drink. laughs> there's like an entourage of like 20 people. <laughs> reminds me of that meme of like the guy getting like a bronze medal flipping off everybody on the no it's it's i don't know man the whole thing okay since the the illegal the illegal knee and then him lying on the ground and kind of uh, dizzy, right? I believe he was dizzy. I don't know if he was in pain or only dizzy from the knee. I'm sure the knee was really hard, like really hard. I don't. Oh, think he, got, he, he got cracked. He got <laughs> I don't think he. It's a, it's he, a knee to the side of the head. <laughs> no big deal. Probably, probably got an extra he, ticket punched off for that. Oh yeah, it wasn't one. You got two. That's a sale here. You buy one, you get buy two, one. right? <laughs> but. He got the knee and then he went back, right? And then you see him, I think a few seconds later, he trying to stand up or rolling his eyes and stuff. I see a lot of people talking how fake was it or not fake or he was acting or not, you know? Man, I think, I think he really wanted to be there and he really wanted to be there, right? The title shot. He really wanted to be there. He trained for it. He was... I don't know how long he was thinking of it. He made to it, and then somehow that happened. I just stopped to make me think, like, why would he fake that? Like, because it, like, we just joke about it. Like, what's the what's the point of winning the belt by disqualification and and celebrate it as a champ? You know, <laughs> I don't yeah. think that, that makes sense at all. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like. I, I understand, like, yes, absolutely, it's a DQ. It's a total illegal knee to the head. I just don't I, – I have mixed feelings about you, the title switching hands, where I think it should be, yeah, you've lost a fight, you're getting fined, but I don't know if the title should switch hands. I, I'm not sure. But or, again, or is this turned into like WWE to to keep the title? You got to hit somebody with a chair. You disqualify, <laughs> but you don't lose the belt. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, Does it turn into that? that? <laughs> or or maybe they could no oh, disqualify. They could set up another fight right away. You know, not give the belt because it was just it, it, in 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 no some way, way. I don't know. Like, I think it's an accident. I yeah, I, I think it was an honest accident. Like he saw, like okay, like he's trying to time. Okay, like he's you can see him like kneeling on the ground, and then like he's kind of measuring. Okay, when he lifts up his knee, 
off the ground, I'm going to knee him in the face as hard as I can. And then I guess it, the, it just slipped. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. They, Joe, I don't see, I, I don't know if you guys can, uh, heard Joe Rogan talking to some, or DC, I think, saying that Khabib said that he said in Russian, like, kick. When they, you can hear the guy saying, like, oh, keep punching, keep punching, some like, keep punching. And then some guy is screaming Russian, like, kick. And then that's when he actually knee the guy. Uh, so they, Khabib, like nobody could understand. So then Khabib went to DC and said something like that. And that's when he probably got that motivation, like, okay, right away, kick. And then he, I don't think he actually really want to do that. I'm sure, I'm sure they knows the rules. Like we all do, even oh, for yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, you know, but I think he was actually Funk Master. He was there with the hands on the ground. I think he was actually taking advantage of being there because he cannot get hit by any kick or whatever, right? He was maybe trying to wait for a good time to stand up, but then the knee just boom. Yeah, because it's like the guy was like he was starting to fade in that fight. That's the that's the real truth of it. Like he was starting to fade. The momentum had shifted to Peter, and I think like at that point it's like, yeah, I'm gonna sit here. I know I can't get hit, and then we got hit. So he's just like, and again, exactly. He's taking advantage of I'm going to be in this position, but he's also not advancing either, right? So he's kind of like putting himself in that position to rest or or whatever. So I mean, I'm not in the cage. I don't know what he's thinking. So no, I know the reason why I don't want I don't want to get kneed in the face either. So exactly, exactly. (laughs) it's hard to say. So he said, Aaron, Aaron's, Aaron's want to know he's retired. He's going to kind of that way. <laughs> I'm done. Did, did, I'm you, did you know Aaron had an MMA fight at one point? Really? <laughs> he yeah. did. He hates when I bring it amateur, up. Amateur one? With my amateur, and my, my amateur fight on uh, illegal uh, property. <laughs> <laughs> Non-sanctioned. Non-sanctioned. <laughs> Man, that's how a lot of start, a lot of fighters start, you know, like Nate Diaz, uh, uh, Kimbo. Exactly. Let's go. Oh, you know hey man, Shout I got, out my, to Kimbo one, I got my one fight in, and I was like, I'm done. I'm good. You're going out on top. <laughs> You're going wife. out on top. I feel good. <laughs> want to know? Yes. Pop the bottles. Ah, I'm out. Want to know? Yeah. Put put the belt on. Where's the belt? Give my belt. belt. Done. Match of the night. I'm good. They come with they come with the Burger King. The Burger King. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's Aaron's funny. going one and zero, undefeated on top. Um, How you do well, it, buddy? I'll, ch- I'll show you my ways one day. Let's <laughs> let's see if some ways. let's see if somebody has some like some uh, uh, interest of bringing him out of this retirement. You know, and no, make something no. happen. I'm like Andre let's Ward. Man. I'm too smart. Too smart for my own good. <laughs> I agree, Aaron. Just kidding. Aaron's, Aaron's going to retire at the age of. He's going to come out of retirement at the age of fifty. He's going to fight super heavyweight. It's, it's going to be great. Hope, hope not. Not hope that way. Not that way. Before we wrap yeah. up, uh, we'll end on a, a lighter note. Um, so, Aaron's trying to learn some Portuguese. And he's wondering if you could translate. Let's go. Let's you, can, go. you can translate some words for him. <laughs> so Aaron wants to know. I'm gonna butcher. Sure. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna butcher this. But uh, do you? Can you translate what Pusatoshi means? <laughs> oh, what? Well, well, wait. Say, say it again. 
Uh, so this is from shout out to Matthew Isaacs. If you're listening to this, because uh, <laughs> he, he's the biggest Pusatoshi that I know. Oh. <laughs> I, I, Maddie, you know, I love you. You're listening. I thought you, I thought Fernando wouldn't translate this for you. So why are you trying like to make a... this poor gentleman do it? <laughs> the world needs to, to know. That? The world needs to know. You can say whatever you want. He's like a big pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. The Brazilian, the Brazilian, we have a lot of, a lot of slangs and a lot of, yeah, yes, a lot of slangs and stuff. It's fun, man, because because you guys like for some it's i believe it's not a culture of the brazilian jiu-jitsu but people who does brazilian jiu-jitsu like to be with those words around you know and i see a lot of people trying to say things and i'm like what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) taught you this you know like what are these people teaching i'm trying to teach like my students to count one to ten and some nice words you guys just going around and say shit all the time (laughs) What's going on, man? <laughs> you you can Matthew, see the, the, the positive influence that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has had on myself. See? Yes, <laughs> I, I know. Magrelo, Matthew, Matthew, I call him Magrelo, the, the, the skinny one. Do you want to translate that into English for everybody? Magrelo, man. I think I, I think it, I think it means rake or something like skinny or like rake. It's something or... like it's some. What would you make fun of somebody that's like really skinny? How would you call them? Like somebody that's really skinny that if they are, they are facing you. <laughs> to, look, if they're in front of you, you if if they're in front of you, they look like they're sideways, and if they're sideways, it's look they disappear. <laughs> so. That's a magrello, you know, so so thin <laughs> that you can pretty much not see them. And he got actually a big hair, just like the hair around now, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. I like the what, guy. So uh so we'll we'll end on this as well. What do you think of um I guess the, the Brazilian culture being uh it's a lot more mainstream and a lot more popular and like you know, people like you go to tournaments, like, what do you think of, like, people like me and Aaron yelling, like, boa, get the sweep, boa. <laughs> like, because like, that's honestly, like, the only thing I know. I say it as a joke, but I'm just, like, it's, like, it's like, what are you getting for dinner? I'm, like, boa, Burger King, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, no, it's fun, you know. It's, uh, I believe, I like it because it just became, it becomes something fun, like fun and, and nice to say between, especially between friends, you know, it's like, hey, boa, man, like we know it's something good. We know, you know, even though sometimes it's fun, like we just making fun, like some funny weird stuff, but it's nice. Like I determined before I realized, before actually Mike for sure knows how my English used to be when you met me, you know, to, yeah. to now, to now. It's like very, very different. And I always thought, like, I when I heard some of you guys saying "boa," I was like, "Is this guy Brazilian? He doesn't even look like Brazilian." You know? I, did a, I did a good job fooling you. I I, I approach I approach many people like, uh, "Are you Brazilian?" I was like, "No, no, no." And I'm, then my, then my conversation was just like, "Ah, I think I'm not gonna go so much farther than this because the English was kind of problem, you know. I just I could I could go to the tournaments and fight, but 
when I started talking to people, man, Jiu-Jitsu just gave the ability of learning so much. That's why, like, I, my English, everything pretty much in Canada was, like, throughout the Jiu-Jitsu community, you know, because a lot of people, I made a lot of friendship with people everywhere, like many, like you guys, you know, I'm sure you guys know people from all the Ontario, like, Montreal, Ottawa, I've been traveling in, 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 you know, like in Canada to do tournaments too. And they just help you so much. You see that happening. Boy, it's not, it's everywhere, man. Everywhere you go, just hears that. Sometimes it's going to be a Brazilian. Most of the time it's going to be Canadian. You know, somebody's just like, boy, it motivates. It's something nice. You know, it just, it's good. You can add that to your vocabulary and people will be like, oh, what's boy mean? You know, and you just keep seeing that. I, I like yeah. it. I, to be honest, I, I like it. You know, it's you nice to you. see. You can add boa, pusatanji, whatever you want, you know? <laughs> no, that, that, <laughs> that you don't say to, to a girl. That <laughs> you're going to get slapped. You're going to be yeah. on the flow grabbing and slapped yeah, by yeah, Gabi Garcia. Right. Gabi Garcia is going to get you, bro. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I wouldn't want to get slapped by her either. She's a fucking tank. Head off. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> you just... Um, Head off right away, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's a great well, one too. The, you know? the fact that she's probably bigger than all three of us is like <laughs> it's all three of us put together. <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't have that amount of muscle together, bro. Like for no, real. I know it's crazy. But, no, but no, hey man, I want to I want to thank you very much for hopping on tonight. It was a great podcast. I do. I really enjoy. The first impression BJJ podcast is really good. I think it's Thank a good you, thing man. you're doing. Uh, keep doing Thank it. Thank you. We'll keep supporting you. And then, um, yeah, we'll hopefully amazing. we'll do this again. And we'll, Monday we'll make it out to Cambridge and we'll come train with you. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's- Thank you very much. Hopefully soon. Um, do you have anybody you want to thank? Sponsors? Anybody you want to shout man. out? A lot of people. <laughs> but um, I would say... You know, like, thank you guys for inviting me. You know, it's pretty good. I like talking to people. First first impressions, uh, one of the main ideas, I was to get myself doing some stuff too. You know, I was busy. I work a lot too, but I I have a lot of time to rest, but I, I always try to do something. And first impression really ha- has been helping me to, you know, take my free time and build up something nice for the community. Like you guys are doing that too, you know, bringing people for the community, giving the spotlight. I know we are not so big, but that's how bigger things started you know so the more we do the more we're gonna get people around us the promoting things and and making the scene like in in canada become bigger first impression bjj the goal is to make that you know by newer people enjoying jiu-jitsu and staying on jiu-jitsu and man everybody that's been supporting me i want to thank them so much you know i have a lot of people that just support me all the time like subscribers of stuff that you guys can just think the same way. Like, I don't know where you decide to do this. And somehow you have people following you guys, like looking to the next episode, you know, and those people are the one that actually means a lot because they keep supporting you guys and, and me too, you know, and man, thank you. My wife it helps me a lot all the time. My family back home in Brazil, you know, like they, they're amazing. Uh, Cambridge BJJ, man, it's a dream that is happening. And can't wait to see, you know, the future for Cambridge BJJ. And, and yeah, man, like, thank you guys one more time. It, it was, like, really fun and great. Yeah, thank you. awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah.